Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be covering in today's show. Show 85. What you can expect from local TV. An update on Kelly's Ham Radio Challenge. 4G and Freeview, your questions answered. A look at what's new with the Slingbox. Plus, free tickets for April's Gadget Show Live. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time, starting off with broadband. It seems that Sky is set to become the UK's second largest broadband provider in a deal announced at the start of March. It's buying up O2 Broadband and B Broadband. The plan is for Sky to acquire the half a million customers from Telefonica in April, leapfrogging Sky above Virgin and TalkTalk. Staying with acquisitions, BT has announced plans to take over the ESPN sports channels from the end of July. This, combined with BT's acquisition of the rights for a chunk of the Premier League action, means that BT's sporting service is going to be one to watch in 2013. In an unrelated announcement, ESPN Classics is set to close. Next, BBC2 HD will launch on the 26th of March. This will be a simulcast of the standard BBC2 offering and will replace the existing BBC HD channel. The channel will offer BBC content not shown in HD before and will be available on Freeview, Sky, Virgin, BT Vision, UView and Freesat. Next, rumours of a streaming radio service from Apple continue. Some clever developers have discovered radio icons in the iOS 6.1 development kit, indicating that a streaming radio service to rival Pandora and Spotify could be on the way for Apple devices soon. In gaming news, following the launch last year of the Wii U, on the 24th of March, the UK will see the launch of the Wii Mini. Already available in Canada for $99, the speculation that the UK price for the new Wii console could be as low as £69. However, the Wii Mini has been dubbed by gamers as a crippled version of a six-year-old console, as the Mini has no internet connectivity for online gaming and no memory slot. Disappointing. Some other snippets. Channel 4's on-demand service 4OD is now available for Android devices. We're hearing rumours that the Samsung Galaxy 4 is set for an April launch, and there are rumours of a BlackBerry OS X tablet by the end of the year. Also, Adobe Photoshop is now available for Android OS and Apple smartphones, allowing powerful image editing on the move. The Photoshop Touch app costs £6.99 and is available from the Google Play Market and the iTunes App Store. And sadly for you shopaholics, the telly version of the laminated Book of Dreams is soon to close. Argos TV, which launched less than two years ago, is set to disappear soon. And finally, good news for Office surfers. It seems that the next version of the Chrome web browser will support something that FrequencyCast has been crying out for for years. 
the browser will reportedly be able to detect whether a web page contains audio and warn you before making everyone in the office jump when your computer plays an unexpectedly noisy ad or YouTube clip. Well done Chrome and thanks for listening. Thanks Pete. For more news stories go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news. Just before we dive into this month's focus, a reminder that next month is Gadget Show Live in Birmingham. If you're into your tech or you're a gamer, this is definitely the place to be to get hands-on with the latest cutting-edge gadgets. As regular listeners will know, we've had lots of fun at Gadget Show Live in the past, and we want you guys and girls to have some fun there too. So, we've got hold of some tickets for you. If you fancy a pair of tickets to the show, we have five pairs to give away. These are valid for Wednesday the 3rd, Thursday the 4th, or Friday the 5th of April. If you want to try and win, just drop us a text message. It's the cost of a standard SMS, none of that premium rate stuff here, you know, and five randomly selected texts we receive between now and the 14th of March will receive a pair of tickets to Birmingham's Gadget Show Live. The number to text is 07882 043 521. That's 07882 043 521. Good luck. And we've also been able to get you a special code that gives you 15% off tickets to Gadget Show Live. If you want to get 15% off, visit the show notes for show 85 where you'll find this special code. We look forward to seeing you there. Frequency Now loading. Focus. Well, here I am with Kelly. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Pete. Lots to get through in today's show. The first thing we're going to talk about is local TV. Do you ever watch the local TV news? You know, the London Tonight or whatever? I do now. I live in London. Um, I didn't when I used to pick up East Anglia. You do listen to uh, local news on the radio and local TV in London? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's quite important to know what's happening in your local area. Well, funny you say that because in the next 12 to 18 months, there'll be 21 new local TV services would you be interested in watching local TV if it were on all day, every day? Possibly. It depends how I'd access it, first of all. And secondly, really how much they do actually cover. If it's quite pointless, then no. OK, well, should we have a little look into it and see how it's all going to work? OK, yeah, let's. OK, so there are 21 areas that were up for a licence. So we've got services in Belfast, Birmingham, Brighton and Hove, Bristol, Cardiff, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Grimsby, Leeds, Liverpool, London, Manchester, Newcastle, Norwich, Nottingham, Oxford, Sheffield and Southampton. There were two for Plymouth and Swansea, but there were no bidders. So if you're living in Plymouth or Swansea, no local TV for you. And they've got some interesting names, some of these. Uh, In Birmingham, we've got... City TV Broadcasting. In Nottingham, we've got Knotts TV. I like Oxford's, that's a good one. That's Oxford. I'm assuming the same company has gone for the Southampton franchise, That's Solent. My real favourite one, though, is for the good people of Norwich. What's their TV station going to be called? Oh, you love this a little bit too much. They are going to call their TV station Mustard. No idea why. And we've got stations called Made in Leeds, Made in Bristol, Made in Cardiff, and a few others with some some unusual names. But we'll put a link to the list of all of these up on the website. But yes, local TV, it's going to be interesting 
and we would love to know what you think. Now, you had a question about how to access this TV, is that right? Yeah. Is it internet-based or through TV? It's going to be all over the place. So most of these companies are going to be offering internet TV, but it will be on Freeview. Channel 8 is dedicated to local TV, so eventually when these start coming online, uh, Channel 8 of Freeview will be where you can find these. They're also going to be available on Sky and Cable, or certainly most of them are. We've been looking closely at the London one, which is London Live, that we expect is going to get the biggest audience there. They're going to be operating 18 hours a day. They're available on Freeview and Sky and on Cable, and they plan to be on air by the end of 2013. 13. So will you be watching? Yeah, quite possibly. Can you only access them, I take it, when you're in that area? Probably is the answer. They'll offer an internet service as well, so you can get it anywhere over the internet. And normally with a channel that's on Sky, because it's going through satellites to the whole UK, there are ways of doing it. So you can pick up Scotland TV in the south of the country and Wales TV in Scotland. So there will be a way of doing it, but it is intended to be purely for the local area. Ah, quite interesting. I think I'll definitely tune in. Now, what we've managed to acquire is a look at a possible TV schedule for the London service. So I'm going to run you through what you might be watching on London TV and see if you're interested. Are you ready? Very ready. Go on. Okay, so at six o'clock, there's a show called iNews, which apparently will feature the semi-finals of the commuter dash between Victoria and Liverpool Street stations. Okay, that sounds rather interesting. A little bit random. Then at seven o'clock, London Go, Essential London Happenings, live from the Rich Mix. Uh, where they're looking at things that are going on in London. Okay, that's good. Eight o'clock, Fresh Pickings, which is a cookery programme uh, with someone that you've heard of, Kelly. Yeah, it's with Charles Campion, so that should be excellent, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. So, Feasts and Restaurants in London. Nine o'clock, there's a five-minute comedy short about lost property in London, uh, followed by a news programme at five past nine about the slums in London. News roundup at 10 o'clock, and then at 10.15, Launchpad, the premiere of London's firsts, looking at films from uh, filmmakers in the borough of Brent and Southwark. And at 11 o'clock, something's making you laugh there. My beautiful laundrette. It's a London comedy. It fits on a London TV station. (laughs) That is fantastic. I actually looked at that and got a bit concerned it was a documentary to start with, but okay, a comedy. Well, we'll see how it goes. So would that tempt you to switch away from, say, BBC One or Sky to watch your local London station? Yeah, I think so, particularly if it's got some new guys in production actually creating some new bits and pieces that doesn't really conform to standard TV. I think it's really good to watch those sorts of things that are more amateur-based. Excellent. Okay, you'll be watching by the end of the year then. Absolutely. I'm already there, I think. Brilliant. Okay, local TV coming to most of you in the next 18 months. Okay, now it's time to talk amateur radio. Now, we've talked about this before, haven't we? We have, on numerous occasions. Do you think we talk about it too much? Uh, Potentially, yeah. How dare you? Okay, let me talk a little bit more about it. Ham radio has been around for 100 years. Seriously, 100 years? Well, that's an old hobby. Started out with uh, Morse code, and now, of course, it's gone on to data and voice and pictures and everything else. And it's a hobby that basically lets you talk to other amateurs around the world. I love it. You just love talking in code. Ah, you could be right. 73, Kelly. And 88's back to you. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's confused a few of our listeners, hasn't it? Definitely. So, come on then, why do you like the hobby? 
Well, I have to say, I've been doing the hobby for a couple of years now, and it has got me a load of new friends. Now, as you know, I haven't got that many friends, have I? No, although you do like to pretend that delivery people and everything are there constantly. And it has introduced me to a few things that I wouldn't normally have had the chance to do. So I worked a station uh, that was operating for the Olympics. I was part of the Olympic torch stuff. I've been on a light vessel, which is something I wouldn't normally get to do. And I was able to operate amateur radio from a secure location that I'm not allowed to talk about. And it is a good hobby, especially for someone like me as a bit of a gadget geek. Well, I guess then for people like you, that is quite interesting. I mean, there are some great things to be involved in. Why are we talking about amateur radio? Well, this all comes back to an email that we had from one of our listeners. Yes, thanks very much, Chris Andrews. Um, last year, he said, I would like to see Kelly pass her foundation exam and make her first call by the next show. This would show listeners how it is quite possible for a novice to get on the air easily. Now, have you lived up to your challenge? Of course. Right. Let's find out how well you did. I'm on a training course to get my foundation licence. How are you feeling? Are you confident? No. Really, really not at all. So what do you think you've got in store today? A lot of techie stuff. It's probably going to fry my brain. It's a Saturday. It really should be the time that I'm laying in bed, not getting up until lunchtime. And yet here I am. But of course you're doing this for the listeners, aren't you? I am, of course, you know. Anything for the listeners. We are about three lectures into your training. How's it going so far? So far it's not been too bad, actually. That's good. What have you been learning about then? Well, we've been learning about the radio spectrum, um, lots of Ohm's law and formulas to calculate everything and just generally getting the basics, really, the technical basics. Okay, you ready for a quick test? You told me the test wasn't until tomorrow. Okay, the VHF band was one of the things in the radio spectrum. Can you remember the frequency ranges for the VHF band? It's 30 megahertz to 300 megahertz. Okay, Kelly, we're about a quarter of the way through the course. How are you finding it now? Well, I've just passed my first stage, so I'm quite chuffed right now, actually. Excellent. You've done a practical. What were you doing? I was connecting all of the pieces up to start my amateur radio. And what bits of equipment were you connecting together there? Um, well, we started off with the power, then onto the radio itself, then onto a filter. From the filter, we went into the SWR, which then goes into the ATU and then out to the antenna. Rock and roll, easy? Um, yeah, it was actually. If I could do it, anyone can. If you look at a TV area, what kind of area was that? A Yagi. And if a Yagi has a gain of 3 dB, what does it do to the power? It doubles it. Rock on, it's not that confusing. I'll tell you though, it hurts. It really, really hurts. TX0TRG, please change frequency to 145.550. QSY-145-550-M0-MMB. Thank you for coming back to my call. The first name this end is Kelly, and your report is 5 and 3. Good morning, Kelly. First name this end is Mark, Mike Alpha, Romeo, Kilo. Your report today is 5 and 5. I've been doing Morse code, so we've been um, transmitting and receiving. 
It's actually quite difficult. I've never dealt with Morse code before at all, but I quite enjoy it actually. In the olden days of amateur radio, Morse code was mandatory and you had to sit an exam. Today, fortunately, you don't need to learn Morse, but you do need to appreciate it. So it's an appreciation course. Let's see how good you are. You've got the sheet of Morse in front of you. Could you send a message to our audience, please? A message? You want a full message? Oh, just a word. Okay, that's fine. I'll do that for you. She's got a finger on the Morse key here. Very good. I'm impressed. You enjoying that, aren't you? Oh, honestly, I do really like it. If I could take one and just communicate that way, it would probably make my life easier, but quite long-winded. Okay, Kelly, you have just sat your exam, and in your hand you have a purple slip. What does it say? It says I passed! Woohoo! <laughs> I'm so happy you have no idea. Well, you did very well. It's a good pass. How do you feel? I feel very, very good. I'm, I'm very chuffed, actually. A glass of wine, well-deserved, come the end of the evening, I think. So has it been an enjoyable experience? It has. Do you think I've done well? Look at your smile. <laughs> <laughs> Molecules? Molecules. Very well done there to Kelly, M6KFA. And there's a nice five-minute video of Kelly on her training course up on our site now, as well as on YouTube. It's well worth a watch just to see Kelly say... Molecules. <laughs> So well done, fully licensed amateur, and of course it has plenty of benefits for frequency cast, especially when it comes to news stories like this one. And this one is all about Freeview interference. Now we've talked about this lots in previous shows, but it is about to start hitting people, and potentially quite a lot of people. What I've asked you to do, Kelly, is help me out with your 10 top questions relating to this Freeview interference. I've been hearing a lot about 4G interference generally with TV. What is actually going on? OK, so what this is all about, your mobile phone, you surf the, uh, the net when you're out and about, don't you? Yeah, a lot. OK, you're doing that on the 3G network, but the new iPhone 5 and some of the new phones will support 4G which has already been launched by Everything Everywhere. But in the coming months, the 800 megahertz band, of course, which you know well. Oh, of course, I do very well. OK, is that VHF or UHF? That's um, UHF. Very good. Well, that band is being sold off to provide the new 4G mobile network, but it also happens to clash with where Freeview used to be. So the difficulty there is if people have a Freeview TV aerial, it will receive and bring in signals from the 4G masts that are going up. Effectively, that means you're going to get interference into your TV. OK, so who's actually going to be affected? The current best estimates are 1 in 10 households in the UK will be affected. That's up to 2.3 million households. It only affects digital terrestrial TV, better known as Freeview. So if you've got satellite or cable, you won't be affected by this. OK, so it's going to be me then. So when are these problems going to start? Well, it's expected that the first 4G service operating on this frequency will be in May, so not far away. But the network is going to be slowly built out over the coming years. So not everyone will be hit in May. It will be a gradual thing. As new base stations go up, more and more people will be affected. And of course, the mobile phone networks are going to be put up where the people live. So it'll be in the more populated areas, first of all. And I know London is expected to be quite badly hit because there'll be a lot of cell bases going up in London. OK, so what can I do if I get interference? The current plan is, if the mobile phone companies expect that you're in an area where you will get interference, they will offer you one of these that you know all about from your amateur radio training. A filter. 
This has a TV aerial socket on it and it plugs into the back of your telly and into that you plug your TV aerial and that should filter out the interference from the 4G network. And we'll stick a picture of that up on our website. Would you like a hold? I can do. I feel I've been holding this all weekend though. Bless you. And that filter is designed to plug into your TV between the aerial and the TV socket and it will stop signals over a certain frequency. Okay, so can I install this myself? Yes, the plan is these will be posted out to affected people and it is literally a case of unplugging your TV aerial, plugging the filter in and then plugging your TV aerial into that filter. There are certain people that will be given extra help, that's particularly those over 75, those on certain types of benefits and allowances, the registered blind or partially sighted and some people in care homes, so there will be help available. Okay, do you have to pay for them yourself? Yeah, that's a bit of a weird one. If you've got one TV, they will supply you a filter. If you've got two TVs, you'll get one free filter and you have to buy other filters for other TVs. So as part of the help scheme, you'll get one filter for one TV. For the rest of your tellers in your house, you're on your own. Oh, great. Okay, so there's not many houses that actually just have one TV, so ultimately it's going to be an expense for quite a lot of homes, really. Okay, so what happens if you live in a block of flats? Well, that can be handled slightly differently because typically they'll use a communal aerial. So you can get a filter that is actually at the aerial point before it's distributed to all the other flats in the building. So in theory, the landlord should be responsible for fitting a filter to the aerial so that everyone in each flat doesn't have to worry about it separately. Okay, and if the filter doesn't work? Yes, there are a few people for whom a filter will not solve the problem, particularly those that live very, very close to a 4G base station, and also those that have a masthead amplifier. That's an amp up on the aerial itself before it gets into the telly. So if you have a masthead amp, that may need to be removed, which is normally something you can't do yourself. In some cases, if you are very, very close to a cell base, a filter is going to do nothing, and what you'll have to do is switch from Freeview to Satellite TV or to uh, something like Virgin Media. But that will normally be paid for by the 4G companies, not you. Oh, well, that's not too bad then. At least you kind of get a resolve without having any expense. And talking of expense, installing all of these filters and making all of these changes is expected to cost £180 million. Whose money? Just the companies or government money? This is the companies, so everything everywhere, 302, Vodafone, all of that lot, are going to be paying into a fund to support this process, ultimately because it's their fault that there's going to be interference with uh, Freeview. Oh dear, you can just imagine how much they're actually making out of this. Yeah, they'll be making their money out of it. It's certainly true to say that the mobile companies, the prices they'll charge for 4G will include money to recoup this cost. So uh, yes, no such thing as a free lunch. No, never is. Okay, thank you for your amateur radio help there. That certainly made it a lot clearer. And you understand all this, the megahertz and the kilohertz and everything? I do, see, there you go. I'm now fully involved. It was worth it, wasn't it? Oh, definitely. Now, while we're on the subject of TV, we just want to take a quick look at a couple of products from Echo Star. Now, we met up with a team from Echo Star a little while ago, didn't we? Yes, we did at the Gadget Show Live. And we spoke to Mark Goodburn from Echo Star about two of his products. Well, it's actually the, uh, the smallest or slimmest PVR in the world. Um, it's about the size of an iPad, and it was designed specifically to uh, reduce the amount of clutter that you've got around your uh, television set. So it's a Freeview plus HD box, so it gives you all the Freeview HD channels. Um, you can also record, pause, rewind live TV, but it's also got um, Ethernet and Internet capabilities, so you can connect to the Internet for things like um, iPlayer. So looking at this thickness, it can't have a hard drive and a fan in it for that kind of thickness. 
Well, it doesn't have a fan in it because it doesn't need one. It's been specifically designed so that the top is an aluminium case, so it actually dissipates the heat that way, so you don't need a noisy fan. Also, obviously, it's super slim, but it is a, actually a, a small hard disk drive in there, so it's not solid state. It's 500 gig, which gives you ample uh, space there for recording HD or standard definition programs. So. Excellent. Very, very impressive. Tell me the price point for this. You can currently get it through a, a wide variety of retailers for around 199 you know, Typical partners are Amazon, JLP, um, also Maplins and a range of independent stores as well. So. Thank you very much, Mark. If uh, our listeners want to find out more, do you have a, a page on your site for this? We do. If they go to www.myechostar.com, there's all the details on there and also information about our other products like Slingbox as well. Ah, Slingbox, of course. We featured that in the past. That's the uh, very handy device that means you can watch your TV outside the UK. Absolutely, yeah. You plug that into uh, you know, an existing uh, set-top box or PVR um, and then it streams the, uh, the television out on the internet and then you have, it's password protected so you have a, a login and a password and then you can watch TV on a mobile device, PC, Mac, anywhere around the world. Now we looked at the Slingbox Classic probably about four or five years ago. I know it's moved on a bit now and there's, there's pros and all sorts of other things. How's it migrated over the last couple of years? Yeah, things have changed a little bit since then. We now have two products, so we have a Solo and the Pro HD. Solo allows you to con connect one source or set-top box, whereas the Pro HD actually allows you to connect um, a couple of different devices on there. So if you want to uh, stream a, a DVD, as well as content from a PVR, then you can do that. So, yeah, things have changed a little bit. So uh, we've got two two products now, but also the the main area of innovation for Slingbox has been on the player side. So every time a new mobile comes out, every time a new mobile operating system comes out, we have to be there with the latest players and latest Sling Player mobile apps. So that's the major area of innovation for Sling at the moment. Yeah, never easy, I can imagine. And just to be clear, we're not talking about just watching internet TV like the iPlayer. What we're actually talking about is taking remote control of, say, your Skybox, so you can watch your own recordings and your own content wherever you are in the world. That's the key difference, isn't it? Absolutely. So you plug it into a, a TV provider's box um, and then you connect it to the internet and you can watch exactly what you get at home anywhere on your mobile device, Mac or PC. So that's also access to all the recordings, so you can actually remotely set the recordings as well. So it's a really convenient, versatile device. Thanks very much to Mark Goodburn from EchoStar for talking to us about the Slingbox and their amazingly thin and sexy PVR. Well, that's it for today's focus section. In a moment, we've got your questions and comments coming up. But if you're looking for transcripts or longer versions of what we've covered in this or any show, as well as links to the products and services that we've mentioned, please go to our show notes on the website. And Kelly, the address is... www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequencycast. Now loading. Interaction. Time for your questions now. Would you like us to help with a techie problem or have you got a comment on what we've covered in today's show? If so, get in touch. Kelly, who have we heard from this month? We've heard from Mark. He said, you could do with covering the new BlackBerry OS. There is more to the phone market beyond iOS and Android. Now, this is one of those no-win situations. BlackBerry is not one of the most popular of the mobile phone platforms. Other than you, you love BlackBerry, don't you? I do. I absolutely love BlackBerry. I mean, I have switched phones now, but I'm pining after my old phone. And why do you miss it so much? 
oh, I just love the fact that I didn't have touchscreen. Email was far easier. It's just a, a far more simpler format when you're only using your phone for a few little reasons. Well, in the last show, we did actually report on the launch of the BlackBerry OS 10, the new operating system. And obviously, Kelly, as a BlackBerry user, we have plugged BlackBerry several times in the past. Given that the BlackBerry devices actually take fourth place in the smartphone charts with less than 7% of the market, and of course, that's shrunk now by one because you've given up yours. I know. I was a loyal, loyal member. I feel bad. Do you want to apologise to BlackBerry? I'm so sorry, BlackBerry. Given that the BlackBerry phones do have such a small market share these days, it's difficult to know how much time to devote to them. Similarly with Windows phones, you know, we could spend ages talking about these phones, but as so few of you are using them, we probably aren't going to give them too much coverage. However, if you've got a new BlackBerry 10 device, do get in touch, tell us what you think, and we'll try and give you some airtime. To be honest, though, I'm not expecting much feedback on this one. Oh, go on, prove Pete wrong. Mm, we shall see. Who's next, Kelly? Okay, this one's from Stuart Ward. In show 84, your advice to a listener not happy with Windows 8 was to try and get used to it or change the interface to be closer to previous versions. This was not very helpful. Rather than downgrade into earlier versions of Windows, many are discovering the delights of upgrading to Linux. Okay, do you know much about Linux? I know nothing about Linux. You're not the only one. There's a lot of it about. Okay, it is valid feedback from Stuart there. Yes, we were talking about Windows 8 and people not particularly enjoying the interface. And our advice was either change to a different version of Windows or try and get used to the odd quirks about Windows 8 and see if you can get to love it. But the feedback about switching to Linux is definitely an option. Stuart goes on to say that with Linux, you can expect an improvement on all aspects of your computer. Faster, more secure, easier to install applications, and more reliable. Are you convinced? Um, I don't know. I, I like Windows. I'm quite happy to stick with what I know. But funny enough, we actually had the same suggestion from Brian Aykroyd, who recommended Ubuntu or Mint. Oh, well done. I didn't think you were going to pronounce that correctly. I'm impressed. One word of caution, if you are thinking about abandoning Windows for Linux, do make sure that the apps you want to run on your computer are available on the Linux platform, because not all of them are. And Brian also pointed out that you may have to disable Microsoft Secure Boot, which can be tricky on some systems. So maybe not as easy as you think. Brian Hopkins asks, have you heard anything about UView Multiroom? Well, it looks like neither BT nor TalkTalk currently support UView Multiroom. However, some users have had some success with using two UView boxes on the same network. Now, you may not get all the full functionality between the two boxes, but it is certainly possible for the two to coexist, even though they're not formally supported by BT and TalkTalk yet. Get Multiroom, sort it out, done. Well, that's the weird thing is it's very easy with Sky and Virgin, but unfortunately with the likes of uh, UView, not quite so easy because it's all sharing the same internet connection. Two boxes, one internet connection, they can get a bit uh, funny with each other. Yeah, I can see that happening. Well, your choice. Well, that is it. Do you think we've answered everyone's questions adequately this show? I really hope so. I feel with my new technical brain, I've been trying very, very hard. If you have a question or a challenge for our Kelly, now that she's succeeded on that last one, uh, do get in touch. You can give us a call on 0208 133 4567 and you can leave us a voicemail. You can text us on 07882 043521. Or you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our website. And the address is www.frequencycast.co.uk. Go on, get in touch and tell us that you love us. We'll catch you on the next show, 73. 88. Frequency Cast.
Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.